0: From the get go, you guys were asking, you know, how am I doing and how can you help me? Not how can I help you or what can I bring to the table, but how can you guys help me? And I was like, man, this is the right company. This is the right, you know, program for me to transition out. Welcome
1: back to another episode of the Boots to Suits podcast. I'm Ruben Hernandez, as usual, accompanied by Doc, James Pitts, Herbert Garcia. We have a special guest. We call him our consummate gunner, Luis. Welcome. Welcome to the to the studio. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you for having me here. Appreciate
1: yeah. it. Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, so this is a podcast where we typically talk about things, say things that other people are thinking, but sometimes might be a little uncomfortable. So hopefully you're okay with that. But the benefit is obviously to... Uh, assist other, either transitioning uh, military personnel, reservists, uh, you know, veterans, sometimes spouses of the military. So we really want to put a uh, put out a value proposition that's helping a lot of the brothers and sisters that served by sharing sometimes intimate details, some things that are a little bit uncomfortable. The ultimate goal is obviously is to eradicate uh, suicide rates. Uh, that's something that is you know just super close to home for all, all of us, um, and also to just just provide. Uh, assistance to those that really need it, whether it's to do VA benefits or whether it's to, you know, uh, transition and do workforce development. So whatever value we can provide to the brothers and sisters that serve, that's why we're here today. So thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So just a quick intro on who you are, you know, uh, your rank, where you served, and things of that sort. A little bit of a background in terms of your military service.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, I'm a retired Marine. Hoorah! Uh, Chief, one officer, three. Uh, prior infantry, uh, machine gunner. I did it for 15 years. And I transitioned from an enlisted gunny to a postal chief one officer. Right on. Uh, <laughs> totally different. Different, different, uh, different mindset. Uh, but it helped me. It humbled me a lot, you know, doing that transition from infantry to postal, uh, different side of the house, different perspective, different view. Uh, it's been a, a great career. Uh 23 years that I did, that I served, you know, um gladfully, you know, with the Marine Corps. And of course you know america all the way back
1: yeah so you're so you're now uh technically a, a civilian i guess technically right but anybody that knows it served when it, once you're a marine you're always a marine so and i and i feel like as i get older that that um that code and that ethos just gets stronger and stronger man i literally try to transition and go through what i call the earring phase you know i try to like even distance myself. I'll be honest, you know, I just wanted to normalize, stabilize, you know, I wanted to eat real food and things like that. I was tired of not sleeping in my own rack and things like that. And so I figured when I got out and I asked, you know, it would be like, all right, I'm going to go civilian. And I'm going to be like that dude on um, the dude that grows that long hair. Just, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't transition, man. So um, how, so overall, how has that transition happened for you? How, how has that been? I know it's been relatively new, so you're still, you know, very recent, but just to, you know, in general how's that going for you?
0: Uh what's well, going better. Uh on Friday I got my DD214, okay. so that was 3 days ago. Uh is a lot transitioning out of the military a lot. You know, and I am so thankful and grateful that I did boost the suits uh just because of what they provided that help you know, not just to become a better individual for a diff- to get a different job, but to help me in the transition because I thought it was prepare, but it's a lot that goes with it. it a lot that goes with it. You see the checklist of numerous things you need to hit, uh, housing, money, yeah. BA, uh, clothing, um, you know, family, uh, tr- you know, different jobs. So there's so, so many things that goes
2: with it and it was stressful. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show, MG3 Media. MG3 Media specializes in real estate media and marketing. If you are looking for an experienced team to capture incredible photos, videos, and virtual tours for your listings, MG3 Media is the team for you. Their photos have been featured in multiple magazines and they have been trusted to create stunning videos for multi-million dollar listings all across Southern California. Right now, MG3 Media is offering listeners of the Boots to Suits podcast 25% off their first photo shoot. Just go to mg3-media.com and click schedule now. Use promo code Boots 2 Suits that's boots, the number two suits, and get 25% off your next listing photos.
1: It's interesting you say that too, because, you know, a lot of that, what you're talking about right now is sort of a physical transition, but it's that mental transition as well. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, when the dust settles, right? The reality of things really start to, to integrate. It starts to resonate. And I remember my case, and I said this in the past, and I don't want to keep dwelling on it. But you know, I, I I lived in my truck, you know, for for a while, just because I I distanced myself emotionally, right? I was angry. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I came back to a civilian world that, in my mind, in many regards, was unsat. In my mind, um, trying to assimilate from what I felt was the gold standard, and that's being totally squared away in all areas of life, you know, physically, mentally, and you know, all everything, to going to a civilian world that not only didn't embrace us necessarily at that time. A lot of them did compared to the Vietnam era. My dad yep. did a couple of tours in Nam, so we were much better than that era. But but it was really that um, that mental disconnect that I had to come in and you know get my head out of my ass and say you know what, stop making excuses. So it was this mental transition. How's that been for you?
0: So for me, that one you know actually what helped me a lot was transitioning from the infantry or the ground side to postal. Hmm. So I was lucky enough you know, uh, or curse, uh, you know, going from <laughs> infantry for 15 years to a personnel other than grunt, also known as pogues. Uh, yeah. Not too bad with that, you know, we love our pogues to support the infantry uh, all the way. Uh, but that mindset, you know, that 15-year mark, you know, it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard. And if I would have got out as a, as a ground combat element, you know, it would have been extremely tough. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did it, uh, eight years ago before I actually got out of the military because the postal guy, I've been able to go work with, uh, uh, the USPS, uh, work with, uh, other industries, civilian industries And my mindset has been changing since then. Uh, so I'm thankful for that. I love,
1: love that. Yeah. I'm thankful yeah. for that.
0: Uh, you know, recently, you know, this year in February, you know, I did lost my brother, you know, due to suicide. Um, uh, it, it was tough, uh, it was tough, you know, and now getting out of the military, you know, I'm glad that I have the support, and, and you know, one of the big support supporters that I have is not just my friends, but it's, it's organizations like this. You yeah. know, that uh, we have instructors like Doc, you know, uh, artillery guy over here, you know, groundside fucking okay, go-getter that understands, you know, what that means. Sure. What that means in regards to shit. You know, this guy had his brother committed suicide. I understand that because I've been there. You know, th- their friends have committed suicide as well. So the understanding and the compassion that they have, you know, for somebody like me getting out, it's been, you know, it's been great, man. It's been yeah, awesome. I
1: appreciate you sharing that and condolences on your brother as well. I know that, that that's uh, that's tough. So I appreciate you putting that out there because, as I mentioned, there's a lot of viewers and listeners that would be like, wow, man, these so these guys have been there. And so for the fellow Marines and veterans that watch and listen to the show, up uh, to your point, that are literally transitioning from— combat theaters of operation at whatever era you served into a civilian world. I think that your point's well taken is that that little, that segue, right? If, if you didn't, if you don't have time to decompress, if you don't have time to put shit in perspective and you're just going straight from combat theaters of operation to civilian life, back on the black, on the back on the block, if you will, um, that, that's, uh, it, it hits, it hits a lot of guys really, really hard. So you know the fact that you were able to become a you said postal or become a poke it's funny you said that I haven't heard that in a while, but um, the fact that you you were able to do that uh, you're saying really helped you out in terms of being able to kind of put things in perspective have more of a stable you know office environment if you will yes. and be and before you finally PCS and tra- uh, not PCS EAS and transferred out you're saying helped you significantly yes, yes okay definitely. That's pretty cool, man. And so, yeah, so, Doc, uh, if you want to interject. Um, uh, oh, and again, as I mentioned, you know, condolences on, on your brother, of course. Um, obviously, thank you for your service. You know, we're brothers for life. Um, and I really appreciate you being candid with with sharing that with our viewers and listeners. So thank you.
3: Um, I think you said something that was uh, really key was that the Boosted Disease program helped you with your transition. Because if you go back to our first podcast when we were talking about the Boosted Disease program and what one of our goals were, what to separate us from the industry was to make sure we were taking care of the service members while they were transitioning. Because what civilian company is going to do that? You're going to show up there and you're going to do your work. And if you don't, they're not going to hire you. That's all they care about, right? You're a dollar sign and a body. So, what, when we stood this program up, one of our biggest concerns was to ensure that we're taking care of the veteran through their entire transition. Um, what what things during the Boosted Seeds program helped you?
0: Oh, man. Well, so many. It started with the interview, you know, having an interview with you guys. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, you know, this is an industry, you know, you got a job, okay, you know, they may want to know, you know, my my capabilities, my strengths, my weaknesses, and it wasn't that, you know, from the interview, from the get-go, you guys were asking, you know, how am I doing, and how can you help me, not how can I help you, or what can I bring to the table, but how can you guys help me, that was just a shocker, you know, and I was like, man, this is the right company, this is the right, you know, program for me to transition out as it's been tough and you, you hit in that right in the money. When you get different, you know, go with some other company, you do eight hours or nine hours, you know, you know, four hours, take a one hour break and then, you know, another full hour, both doing whatever job that is here. You know, not only was that interview, but throughout the whole process, it was more of like a hey, flexibility, you know, understanding that hey, you, I know you have BA appointments. Why? Because you had BA appointments. You, you guys know how important it was. You know, so you, you made it more important than I, it was important to me. Like, oh, I got my VA appointments. And you were like, no, man, that yeah, is I remember that really yeah. important. <laughs> you were and trying I, to
3: reschedule it. You do not reschedule one of those appointments. Nope. And,
0: and that made it seem like, man, you seem to care more about my transition than myself. And it made it a lot easier. Flexibility with the time schedule as well. You know, we don't have to work from here to here. We can also, also shift forward, shift back. In order to meet whatever transition process I was in. Uh, so, you didn't really just teach me or educate me about the real estate industry, but you taught me about how to be, you know, my BA appointments, my retirement process, you know, uh, better father, uh, better husband, you know, just what Marines do, what service members do, you know, because we have a doc, you know, uh, doc, you always be, you know, love by the grunts. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, you up. know, we love <laughs> that. I said, but say Marines know that you are included in in this family, you know, and and you guys did that. You made it feel like a family uh, and helped me, you know, throughout the whole course, you know, not just on how to become an agent, uh, but also, you know, on my transition. And I had nobody else in my corner because I came from Japan. So I had no unit here in, in the United States. I had no unit, you were my unit. And you made me feel like that. I appreciate appreciate
3: it. No, we appreciate that. I remember you being in class and Ben, who was another student who's uh, a chief corpsman as well. I remember he was going through your book saying, this is what you need to get diagnosed for. This is what you need to put on your thing. So it was just more than than real estate is my point that I'm getting to, right? Like it wasn't just us in there slamming real estate, real estate, we were trying to make sure you guys were all taken care of. Uh, We know about all the appointments, how important they are, because we've been through them, right? And we know, Uh, how important it is to actually get paid on time and not get it delayed. So that was one of our biggest goals. And it's in our first podcast that, and I think it was cool that you hit that on the head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so then, you know, that, um, from day one, we've talked about, you know, how we want to structure the program and how we want to structure, you know, the assistance provided. Because there's there's a limited amount of time. But from day one, I remember we were talking uh, and it was always about, making sure that we don't put the program first. We put, you know, our brothers and sisters serve first. And so we, that's the commitment we had from day one. I think Herbert hit it on, hit it on the head. He's, and they both actually doc and Herbert both did. And there was like, all right, what about this? You know, well, now we want to make sure that, that our transitioning military, they have the best this and they have the best that. So it was always never, it was always about maintaining that gold standard that I alluded to a minute ago, but it was always about making sure that the cohort was taken care of first. And I think that's where the integral, the integrity part of it comes in.
4: So, um, My question for you is, right, so now that you've, you kind of explained at the 15 year mark, transitioning from being uh, infantry gunner sergeant going to postal was that first step in becoming kind of a civilian mindset, right? Yes. So now that you went through this program, and you had that time to work as a real estate agent, where you're starting to manage your own time and build your new path and your new career, what are some hurdles that you realize that you were coming across now that you're on your own versus being in the military where you're, somebody's telling you what to do all the time?
0: Uh, but just, you know, being, no longer do I have a schedule, you know, people telling me what to do or what to hate. now it's on my own. Realizing that, a hey, it's on your own. And, you know, my, even my wife tells me, you know, when I had to do something, I had Marines. Oh, you know, these two Marines can do this for me. Or these three Marines, so this evidence here will take care of this. You know, now it's not that. Now it's me doing those things. And you know, sometimes as you move up in the Marine Corps and you pick up rank, you rely on these people. Uh and you're grateful you say it, because it's time you forget the, the hard work that they do. You know, now I have to, you know, make my own schedule, make my own appointments, uh, create my own binder, uh, and going back to like, oh man, this, you know, this, this is just me. You know, yeah. Yeah, I need to, I need to, you know, be proactive. You know, I actually need to do the work, yeah. you know, versus just supervise. Uh, so that was, uh, that was one so of the.
4: different. Is it a different type of discipline?
0: Yes. Yes, 100%. I think it's a yeah. uh, different type of, of discipline. Uh, I think we have it because uh, as Marines, you know, we we do have that discipline of uh, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. Uh, but I was like maybe expecting, you know, more help. I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, can you, can you, I need some help on this. I'm like, that's, that's your stuff. You need to do it now. Well, normally I have people to do right, it. For me, right, right. You, know?
4: <laughs> you can't delegate
1: no more. Yeah, now you're back in the trenches. So you're so, back, yeah, yeah, you're back in the yeah. trenches.
0: You know, so it was it was an eye opener. Um, you know, for example, you know, trying to do, you know, you know, during the course we had to do, on you know, the homework, um, and I had to go back and I'm like, oh man, I need to actually study, think about different things I had to accomplish. Uh, but you guys were also so uh, had grace in the sense that. You know, not all of us finished the whole, the, the work completely, you know, but you understood that we were not just there for that. We still transitioning. We still had other things to do, uh, you know, as, 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 a, as a service member, as a Marine, you know, it did hurt not doing it because you want to do things hundred percent, but you also know you have to do X, Y, and Z as you transition out of the military, you know? So I really appreciate that grace, you know, you guys yeah, gave no us. And I'll be like, oh, now it's staying longer, you know, but you guys did, uh, you know, uh, helped us out, appreciate it. That's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: so th- so related to that then, how would you, how would, how do you envision applying your leadership skills, things that you apply, that you learned and applied in the, in the Marine Corps uh, to civilian life? Have you correlated that? Have you thought about it? Uh, talk a little bit about your, how you correlate your leadership skills to civilian life.
0: Well, I consider myself a uh, servant leader. Um, you know, I think most of us uh, do, and I will continue serving you know, uh, just the American people, uh, in a different way. And I believe through real estate, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, continue, you know, being honest with people. And that's another thing that brings me up to, you know, this program, you know, talking to, you know, the instructors and talk, telling me like, if this guy can't, you know, can't afford a house or they're trying to get this loan that is not good for them. They'll be like, no, don't do that because you know, it's not going to be good for you. And, them being so honest, I'm like, man, that's, that's awesome. You know, you know, you're not, you're not trying to screw people over. And, and I like that. I want to, I like that. I want to emulate that. I want to use that, you know, and continue being a servant leader and, and not screwing people over.
1: That's a great way you say that. So there's obviously a certain ethos that we have in the, in the military, obviously, whether it's the Navy or the Marine Corps, just all branches. But then you, when you enter the civilian life now, or you're what they call a 1099 independent contractor, now you're looking at, Um, Are you going to say what's in the best interest of the client now, even though it may cost you a paycheck, right? Because you're commission only. Or are you going to legitimately, are you going to look out for your own best interest? So we see that compromise happen in real estate all the time, probably in all industries. But a lot of times when you, especially in a tough economy like this, when you see, you know, uh, you might give advice to a client where it's not going to put a paycheck on, you know, not put food on your on your table necessarily, but it is in the interest of of the client. That's kind of a, that's kind of a touchy, kind of a touchy subject. And we see people go both ways, but, um, I think to your point, your ethos, your integrity, that's where that comes into play to do the right thing.
0: And that's one of the biggest things that Herbert pushed so much, you know, he was like, I'm not going to compromise my, uh, uh, I'm not going to compromise my trust, my ethics, my values, you know, uh, just because money, correct. You know, uh, and he said it numerous times throughout the course. You know, if something's not right for an individual, don't do it. If you can't sleep at night, you know, good. Uh, because of something you're trying to do, don't even don't even do it.
1: And I think that's a great point. So there's a, there's there's viewers and listeners that are thinking about getting licensed or maybe already in the industry. And this is a question for for all of you. Like, what have you seen out there? Have you seen compromising situations like that? And if so, you know, how did it play out? And and how do you perceive that that's that that balance between sometimes. Uh, you know, looking out for your own best interests versus the best interest of the client.
3: Well, the way I look at it, when, when you, you have a client hire you, you're there to represent them, right? You're there to be their voice basically, because you're the one with the knowledge in the, about the transaction. So when they're about to make a mistake or you see that something's not good for them, how I always view it is, I'm always gonna treat another person how, how I wanna be treated, right? Like I'm looking at like, I'm selling my mom a house right now. Would I put my mom in that house? No. Then I'm telling them straight up. There's times where I've had to tell clients, you'd have to fire me for me to write an offer for you because this house is not safe. There's a whole bunch of stuff wrong with it. Um, We can find something else. But at the end of the day, that's why we're we're looking for vets because a lot of our bills are already paid. Right. So that compromise kind of goes away then, Mm -hmm. because you're not if you don't make that one deal, you might get your car repo you might not be able to make your mortgage right 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 but with us our bills are paid so like we really don't have that compromise um i've seen it before where i've seen agents try to list a house and had a um someone the owner was not in the mental state that they could have signed in the contract because they even had caregivers they made them sign in, and then the agent went back out of the contract. What? So, so they held their hand? <laughs> they, they, pretty much. Because you have to have the mental capacity yeah. to enter into mm-hmm. a
1: contract for it to be valid, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I mean. So
3: <laughs> you, you see it, and it's, and it's bad, and you see people get put in really bad homes because you know, the agent's just trying to close
4: the deal and move on to the next one. That's right.
3: You know? yeah.
4: How about you, Herbert? Kind of the same thing to caveat off the of doc. Um, You couldn't have said it better. Um, At the end of the day, I look at it that way is, I look at it very personally. Like if I was a client, would I purchase this home? Would I put myself and my family in this situation? And if the answer is no, the answer is no. And I explain that to them. You know, I get um, people have to put food on the table, but that's why we are blessed that we have our retirements and our pensions to be able to just truly give that transparency. Um, And at the end of the day, if the numbers make sense, like kind of like in this situation, we know the market is what it is. But when you sit down and if the numbers make sense for them, and it's viable, then cool, let's move forward. But I'm gonna show you everything along the way, and then now it's a decision for you to make. And then there comes a point where, like he said, I'm sorry, I can't help you, you gotta find somebody else, because that's a terrible decision. And I'm not signing my name off on that in any way, shape, or form.
2: I wanna take a moment to talk about a sponsor of the podcast, EGA Homes. You may know I am the founder and proud owner of EGA Homes, and we are anything but just another real estate brokerage. We've taken our military values and work ethic and carried it over to the real estate industry. Our team of agents have access to unparalleled marketing tools and training resources that help us grow our business and best help our clients achieve their goals. To learn more about how we can help you buy, sell, and even invest, contact us at info at egahomes.com.
1: And now, back to the show it kind of goes back to what you you know what you're saying as far as integrity and all that stuff and another reason why we want to make sure that your you know your retirement your disability rating all that squared away is because there is a chronological order of doing things in the right in the right in the proper way and in the proper order to make sure that it doesn't compromise other areas of your life and so i think that that makes a clear distinction on how the boots to suits program works um, is that we definitely want to make sure that you're doing things in the right order you're getting things squared away on the home front first because if something's lacking on the home front, you're not going to be as effective in battle, meaning in the real estate, in the real estate battlefield, if you will. Um, we want to make sure there's a proper way to get things done, and that's what we reinforce to the program. And so I'm glad that you were able to, to to one recognize that and take advantage of that as well. And so for our viewers and listeners as well, that's what we do. We want to make sure you're good to go in terms of you know your life in general, so that you can put your best foot forward and be as effective as you can in in real estate. So yeah, great job on that. Anything else, gentlemen?
3: now one of the things i remember from you luis when we were in scenario phase um i was really trying hard to get you on some scenarios but you (laughs) used resources and you thought outside the box what we try to tell you guys the entire time is think outside the box think outside the box not everything's going to be the same it might look like the same scenario but when you pull it back it's not and you would come to us with certain answers and we're looking at each other not knowing that you're making phone calls off on the side but you knew people and that's what it's about right like you have your network if you like I was talking to Jen this weekend because I had to make sure that what I was putting in this escrow was correct um you just have to reach out and and you did that and I remember one scenario where you were role playing with me and you're reading out of your notebook and I took your notebook from you Dude, he got pissed. His face turned red. <laughs> he was just like, "You just took my my knowledge, but did did it, it? It worked out better. You knew the information. Yeah, that was just a crutch, and you were able to spit everything out. And it was and I even was impressed
1: smaller. by that too. I was so impressed by that too. Because so what what we do for those that are viewing and watching is we we put our cohort, we put our participants uh, through real world scenarios in real estate, and so um, <laughs> we asked them, you know, and given scenario a you know wh- how would you address this challenge or how would you address address the situation and they have to come back and just think intuitively um sometimes improvise i remember one of our one of your colleagues in the program um taylor was uh had to improvise whether you say the wrong or right thing it gives us an opportunity to kind of regroup and kind of like uh, recalibrate certain things so you understand how to effectively navigate through tough situations but what i heard in that in that cohort in that class was pretty impressive for, for for guys that had never been in the real estate industry, given those scenarios, the way you responded was far advanced from what we normally see.
0: No, and that's one thing, you know, um, that this program, you know, you think, you know, as a senior enlisted uh, or somebody's about to retire, been 20 years in the Marine Corps, you know things, yeah. you know, to suits will get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Uh, you think like, oh, you're just going to talk to people. No, you're going to be Push out of your comfort zone. And it's okay. We, we thrive on that. We, we love the military, but sometimes we forget that because we haven't been pushed out of our comfort zone in quite a while. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, you guys were there to catch us, see if we fell, or just like, hey, man, just get up, do it again. You know, yeah. uh, getting out of the comfort zone, uh, of course, it's never, it's never comfortable. Uh, but after you've done it and did it, and you look back, you're like, man, I'm glad I did it. You know, I'm glad I made, you know, those little things that, we're uncomfortable, uh, but now I feel a lot better. Yeah, it's
1: funny you say that. I'm I'm smirking too right now because I mean you you have to become comfortable doing uncomfortable things. You have to, right? I, in my opinion, for, for for in order to progress, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, right? And I know we've all done that, right? And sometimes we've done it where it was prepared, like if you look at going through you know boot camp or what have you. But in theaters of operations, it's it's almost impossible to prepare for the scenarios that you're going to face out there. So you do have to rely on your ingenuity. Uh, I remember working with a lot of the CBs, right? To go back to some of Doc's uh, colleagues is, you know, the CBs super great, great outfit, man. They would come up there and they would take ammo boxes or pieces of wood and make mountains out of it. It's, un- it's unbelievable the things they do. Corman, all the time in-, in theater, man, they know how to patch you up. They can-, they can think on a whim, they can think quickly and make sure that they um, create the best possible outcome in-, in almost seemingly impossible situations. So I'm glad you were able to kind of extrapolate what we do in the military to make you successful in the program that that just puts you so far ahead of the game it's unbelievable would you guys agree
3: i totally agree i've always said that what how we were training the military trains us for real estate because for example if you take negotiations right when we're talking to another service member another service member's in trouble we're taught to listen let them talk and then we counter whatever they say because we'll catch them in that lie right so it's the same thing with negotiations. when you're listening to somebody, they divulge information they're divulging information that you can use um, to get what you want in the negotiation later. Um, the way we're organized because we all have a morning plan, right? When we're active duty, you have your training schedule for that day, whether it's zero eight pt, zero nine in the army, your whole day is planned. your whole platoon is That's planned, right. right? Same thing, what's well, time blocking? It's the same thing time blocking is the exact same thing you're just putting now it's your stuff on your schedule and learning how to use your schedule to benefit the output of your business
1: so you, you might not know but but as doc was asking you questions he was seeing if your pupils were dilating man he was he was like <laughs> eating you bro like like an interrogator i loved it <laughs> so just kidding but kind of not but uh yeah no there was um some real purpose and, and passion behind the entire agenda what we what we try to accomplish with you her
4: So 15 years as a gunny on the ground side. Um, I know a lot of times for those that come from that background, it's pretty intimidating to think of, okay, now I'm leaving this. You know, for me, it was artillery. Transitioning out, there's nobody hiring artillerymen out here. You know, same thing other than being a cop and security. So by going through this program, what things were you able to correlate that you feel that maybe for others would help them make that transition a lot less scary, especially after 23 years of service?
0: well for once you know i don't know any other skill bridge program i know, I've never been to it i heard from more people but you know definitely definitely you know booster suits is a program that is gonna help us in that transition you know uh like i said you guys uh, were there for us um pushing us you know way more on all this other topics that we weren't even thinking uh not just in the real estate industry but also on a, on a personal level um so can I answer the question
4: yeah no definitely like i mean in the military we have uh, the whole marine concept so you're not just an infantryman right you no, want sure. the whole marine concept got to be able to do a little bit of everything so i think that was a big thing was we've already been there done that gone through those hurdles um we struggled and went through our downfalls so now it's Let's set these guys up, make sure that they're taking care of each other.
0: And that's one thing that you guys brought up a lot. And I like how you guys put it together in military terms, in regards to different MOSs. You know, in this industry, there is so many other person that helps out, you know, the lenders, the inspectors, and so many more. And you guys correlate that into military terms, like, oh, this is one MOS, this is two MOSs, you know, your piece of the pie is this right here. Mm -hmm. But all together, we make the mission accomplished. Uh, throwing out those military terms out there made it way easier to understand, you know, and feel that you're still part of the military family. Sure.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I think all of us have gone through a stage where um, we realize just how critical each component is, as you mentioned. So in real estate specifically. You know we might be handling the real estate piece uh, as far as the property and whatnot but then you do have our lending partners our title partners our escrow partners it is definitely a collaboration of different professionals that are all specialists using mos military occupational specialties there are ROSs, i guess real estate occupational specialties that help make that transaction successful and provide the value to that client just like we provide the value to accomplish the mission in the military right but we're we you know we handle our piece They handle their piece they handle their piece and that's how we you know through collaboration get the mission accomplished same mindset right so it's mission 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 anybody understands how you know the marine corps functions or how the military functions in general um specifically it's about accomplishing that mission right once you
4: correlate those things and you compare it to the military being an nco staff nco you're getting ready to go to the field you got to get chow so you got to get with the chow hall You got to get all the stuff from supply. You got to get all your vehicles from motor T you got to be able to deal with all these different assets. So once you transition and you become an agent and you correlate those two worlds, all you're doing is changing the subject. You're not no longer an NCO. Now I'm a real estate agent. Now I'm contacting title. I'm contacting the home inspectors. I'm doing all these different things. It's no different. So that takes a lot of that stress away. A lot of that anxiety that a lot of these combat vets have of, well, what am I going to do now? I'm gonna fail now i have all these issues now these people already see me as a liability and they don't even want to take that next step and jump into a new career they'd rather just stay where they're at and comfortable but when you can correlate that what we learn in the military is very vital and important and we can get out there and do it it's success we're successful and it's easy and we can correlate that we have each other i don't i don't need my other ncos i have my fellow agents and brokers in front of me to help me out so I think that's been a big thing for me that's helped me to kind of overcome some of those hurdles. And that's why when we put the program together, we really talked about what is it that's helped each one of us to get to where we are. And let's bridge that gap so you so other people don't kind of have to go through that.
1: That's a yep. great point, too. And that's a huge improvement from the past. So I'll date myself again. And I've said this in podcasts in the past, is that in in my era, we were considered more of a liability than we were an asset. So to your point, to see it progress to a point where now they're correlating all the skill set and things that we've done in our respective MOSs um, to success as a civilian in real estate or lending or any of the real estate related vocations um, is a huge, it's a huge improvement. And again, there was times we wouldn't even put that in our resume. In my era, I'm dating myself. So for all the older guys that and, and girls that served, uh, I'm going to date myself. But back in our era, we were more of a liability. In my dad's era, in the Vietnam era, they were really a liability. I mean, they're just like, if you just got back from Vietnam, you know, we're a little bit concerned about your mental state. And back then, they didn't have a PTSD diagnosis. It was called shell shock. I'm just like our war, World War II and our Korean War veterans. But, um, yeah, to see it come that long to just a 180-degree turn, we're now – I want you to work because I do correlate your leadership skills. I do correlate all the things you do in the military to how you're going to make my organization successful It's just a breath of fresh air, man, to see that, that change happen. So thank you for saying that to her.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of companies out there, you know, that and they fully focus is mission accomplishment, Sure. the mission, the mission, and being here with you guys, you know, you do mission accomplishment, but it's also correlates with troop welfare. Take care it's of that troop. Absolutely. you know, during my course, you know, we went, we had a party for Halloween, we did some real estate, you know, educational process, but we also had some fun, you know, we went out to eat. Um. So take care of that troop you know, take care of that agent, you know, it was awesome. You know, knowing that, okay, these people are just not here for the mission. Sure. They're here to take care of each other as well, you know, and I believe a lot of companies are missing that uh, aspect of the military. And you guys really hit that uh, even though we're done with that course. I still feel that true welfare is still here absolutely you know uh i not i to call herbert 100%. you know james you mm-hmm. and no matter if it's a uh, related question or any other questions you would be like what's up man what do you need Ask absolutely
1: 100 and that's the commitment we stand by you know so just you know for our viewers and listeners if you're thinking about getting a real estate license or what have you or lending or anything related you know hit us up like send a message contact us um, we will be introducing at some point in the future a platform that'll take us nationwide uh, and again, because we didn't want to limit what we have. there's a lot of you know brothers and sisters that serve that could really benefit from this program and we want to make sure we do all we can to expand that um, you know through all 50 states if possible. So we'll be rolling out a platform that might help facilitate that process. Um, and also too, just what advice would you give other transition uh, transitioning military personnel, uh, even veterans now? I mean you're you know you're you're out now yeah, yeah you're out now. Still got that high and tight. I love it. Um, but what advice would you give to other uh, military personnel in transitioning uh, or
0: transitioned uh, Marines and, and veterans? Well, the advice that I would give somebody is, yes, you know, you can accomplish things by yourself, but it's a lot easier when you have people in your corner. You know, so as you transition out, no matter if it's three months, a year, the longer, the better. You need to have people in the corner to help you with that transition. Sure. I agree. Um, like I stated before, I came from Japan, and my unit, my people were in Japan and not here. So I had very little people to help me transition while being here, um, not knowing that, you know, this you, this group right here was going to be the people that I, were help me out. Uh, and it made it way easier, fun, you know, uh, <laughs> to transition out. Uh, I even thought I'm already out. You know, there's still things I have to do, Uh, but I still have people, you guys, in my corners that are gonna help me, you know, to continue with that uh, transition. Because not just getting DD two fourteen, there's still things to do.
1: Uh, That's that's sometimes when the journey starts. You get (laughs) that DD two fourteen, man. You're like, whoa. But like as I mentioned before, I'm glad that there's support. I mean, these two gentlemen here are unbelievable, and uh, I'm just proud to call you brothers. You know, and and you're right. Regardless of the areas that we served in. You know, we will always be brothers looking out for one another. And that's something I want everybody watching and, and listening to this podcast to understand that it's not about business. Business is secondary to who we are and what we stand for. And that's 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 a that's a commitment we take very seriously. But we do have a lot of fun as well. Yes, because I had a good time watching you guys. <laughs> watching all the different scenarios you were faced with. We were debriefing afterwards and talking about it as well. We're like, man, did you hear how Luis responded? Did you hear how Gabe responded, Taylor, Ben. Um, it was kind of fun, man. So it was good to, it was refreshing as the, as the older guy on the team to look back and be like, man, things have come a long way, man. And, and I'm I'm glad you got the value out of that. I really am. I'm really proud of you.
0: Thank you.
1: Gentlemen. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boots to Suits, Boots to Suits podcast. Again, if you're interested in getting a real estate license or any of the vocations related to real estate, hit us up. Um, as Luis mentioned, you know, we're here for you first and foremost, Everything else is secondary. Real estate is just a vehicle for you to live your passion and purpose and uh, make, a, make a better quality of life for you and your family. Luis, thank you for being here, brother. Really you. appreciate you. Semper Fidelis as usual. Rah. And again, here for life, brother.
3: All right, boss. Thank you. Go rah.